Hi, everybody. David Noor. I want to welcome you back to the Curve Benders podcast. I'm excited to uh, share with you. Uh, this is episode four, uh, really focused on this idea of curve benders. So who are they? Where are they? How do we find them? How do we describe them? How do we become one? Those are all the topics we're going to cover in this session. If you're new to this podcast series, uh, I'm excited to announce that uh, 2020 is going to be my year of what I call the, the trilogy because uh, I'm working on the third edition of Relationship Economics, my first book, and in many ways, my passion, my life's work over the last crazy to believe 20 years. Uh, the second edition, the paperback edition of Co-Create, and a brand new book called Curve Vendors, and the, which the focus of it is on this idea of future of work and strategic relationships. And the reason that they're a trilogy, my Star Wars mindset, is A, the common threat is strategic relationships. So in relationship economics, I talk a lot about why they're important and how they should become more intentional, more strategic, and more quantifiable in what you do day in and day out. In Co-Create, I talked about how to apply relationships to innovate, really think and lead very differently, and and really come up with new business models, new go-to-market strategies, new opportunities to engage and influence others, new talent development models. That's all in Co-Create. And Curve Benders is really about uh, what will uh, work look like? How will we work? How will we live? How will we play in the next 20 years? And again, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, I would highly, highly encourage you to go do that because I consistently talk about this timeline of emerging uh, technologies, of emerging uh, the way, again, we work into what's present, what's happening today, what is probable in the next decade. So if you think about by 2030, and then what's really possible beyond that. Uh, and we talked about a lot about the evolution of the jobs and evolution of the future work skills. And none of us can predict the future. None of us can predict um, what how the way we're working, whether you're in a small company or a large enterprise, you, you're, you're an entrepreneur today, none of us can predict what that will look like. Every one of us can plan. And, and what I really want for you in listening uh, to these sessions, to these episodes, is if you decide that the chief trust officer, one of the 20-some-odd jobs of the future that I referenced in a previous session, is something that's really exciting to you, or the AI-assisted healthcare technician, or the augmented reality journey builder, or a, a virtual store Sherpa, or a digital tailor, if those are the things that are the intersection of your passion and what you believe you can genuinely build some competency around and what other people will see as valuable and they're willing to pay for, then start creating your map, your personal professional growth journey map in essence, your personal ways towards that destination now. Because if you don't immerse yourself into how various industries are changing and growing and evolving and who's at the really leading edge of these industries, uh, I'm telling you, you're going to be left behind. Uh, and I keep using uh, some really interesting stats that I found. One of them is something like 40% of the top line revenues of professional service firms. Think of accounting, think of law, think of uh, engineering, construction, 
lot of those mundane tasks are going to go away in the next five years. So the jobs alone won't go away. You're going to have to, and and talent leaders and executives and companies are going to have to uh, retrain, reskill, upskill, re kind of deploy the talent they have in these different roles. Uh, and I talk about an example of a demo I saw of an artificial intelligence engine that can scan 10,000 sheets in eight seconds. If that's the technology that's coming, do am I really going to pay you any amount of money to kind of look through uh, those mundane tasks? So uh, I think in episode uh, two, we talked about this idea of uh, future of work. Episode three, I covered 15 forces. This one is on curve benders. So, so uh, again, I love clever terms like relationship economics and return and impact and, and obviously co-create and and in that theme, uh, the, the, I think the question that I get most often is, "What is a curve bender? Uh, what is you know where are you going with this?" And the easiest way to describe curve benders are these are relationships. So let me let me let me start there. And and there's no relationship with a logo. There's no relationship with a building. Uh, there's no relationship with a company. Relationships are individual entities. So these are individual relationships that. Uh, if you think of your own personal and professional growth journey, right? We're all on this linear growth, right? If you if you read, if you attend events, if you hang around interesting people, you're constantly learning. You're hopefully constantly and consistently growing. I'm going to take you back a few years. If you remember, you know, I think one of the first algebra classes we all took, you learned about slope, rise over run, and a linear growth curve is right, the slope is one, right? So you go to the right one and you up one. To the right one, up one. There's a direct correlation between that linear growth and additional responsibilities and realm of responsibilities and leading uh, initiatives and hopefully leading teams and at some point getting a chance to lead a, a piece of a business and a a, 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 a profit, you know, PL statement or uh, really a, a big initiative, innovation initiative that the company is investing in. You're tapped to run something, lead something, right? So direct correlation between that growth journey and people who are tapped into uh, creating the future, in essence, of the organization, the future of where the company is going, where the company is headed, right? And that could be ideally inside the organization, but if not, you're going to be recruited from where you are by somebody else who recognizes your impact, recognizes your ability to make a difference, and they want you to lead that initiative for them. Curve benders are relationships we meet that we get to know, who get a chance to get to know us, and through their knowledge, through their experience, through their relationships, they dramatically change that slope. They change that trajectory. They change that both direction of where we're headed and the ultimate destination of where we end up. Easy way to think about this is um, most people can't um, remember what projects they were working on five years ago. If they're in a, any kind of a sales or business development role, they can't remember the deal they're working on. If they're in a you know, investment banking or transactional world, they can't remember the transaction they were working on five years ago. Almost everybody remembers their first manager. 
almost everybody remembers over their careers, mentors and coaches and people who not just help them learn something, not just help them pick up a new knowledge or skill or behavior or how to do something, but they dramatically changed that trajectory. They changed who you are. They changed how you behave. They showed you something that had a profound impact on your uh, ability to see opportunities, your ability to learn, your ability to um, have more confidence in testing new ideas, your ability to overcome unbelievable odds in a challenge, or and I don't believe everybody's damaged, right? Or an opportunity, you, you know, they 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 believed in you uh, to go lead that Asia Pacific piece of the business, or they backed you in the company transfer to have you go into a new division, a new direction, or they defended you uh, when maybe the company was cutting back, and more importantly, you got a, a new role, a new opportunity. All those inflection points. All those people that uh, you could say by fate, you could say by your own hard work. I love the definition of luck, right? So, so uh, aspiration, uh, perspiration, <laughs> right place, right time, right opportunity, hard work that has led to those things, right? And maybe it is some of it is luck. A lot of it we can't explain. But those individuals that were massive inflection points, and the and you can definitively think about how they've changed your journey, your path, your graph. In, in the workshop, uh, one of the exercises we do is, is map your graph to date over time. However you define success, just create a simple graph of where you've been, what you've done, how you've gotten there. And, and curve benders are those inflection points. Curve benders are those individual relationships that have not an incremental, but an exponential impact on where we're going and how will we get there. So that's the easiest definition I can give you about in defining curve benders. What's what that, what that the unpacking that takes is uh, where they come from and and how do we find them and and if those people are how much inflection point can we uh, take at once before something breaks right or. Uh, we screw up all the good things we have in our lives, right? One of the challenges I see over the years is people who wear their eagerness on their sleeves, right? Have you seen what a good job I'm doing? I'm doing a fabulous job. Have you seen what a great job I'm doing? And that actually becomes a bigger turnoff versus those who balance their performing with learning and continue to learn, grow, evolve as a as an individual, as a manager, as a leader, right? So... Uh, curve benders, again, the easiest way to describe them are strategic relationships in the future of our work that dramatically change both our direction and ultimate destination. So where they come from, I would go back and listen to the 15 forces because I believe many of those forces create opportunities for us to meet these individuals. So grit. I think most of you would agree that we learn more when things don't go well. We get more creative. We get more scrappy. We get more um, resourceful. We get more. We hustle more. Uh, 
that 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 fire that somehow is lit not under us. I don't believe lighting a fire under people lasts. I deeply believe in the opportunity to light a fire within them, because if you do that, um, I've seen people go through walls. Uh, I've seen them overcome again un- unbelievable obstacles uh, because they believed and and they uh, invested in seeing that initiative through. Yeah, we may have gone down the wrong path, but you know what? I'm going to figure it out. So that grit, uh, and I'm not advocating by any means you uh, throw yourself in uh, challenging situations. Uh, By the same token, again, Angela Duckworth's seminal work around this idea of passion and persistence, the persistence part and the passion part is something I want you to really think about. So you want to find more curve benders? Start by volunteering to solve bigger challenges, bigger opportunities in your uh, kid's school, in your nonprofit organization, in your church, synagogue, mosque, whatever faith you believe in. Because what I found out is those, there are few people that are willing to beyond the blocking and tackling, and make no mistake about it, those are really critical. Uh, there are a few people who are, call them challenge junkies if you want, call them, uh, they get bored, call them, uh, they're, they're actively, they've kind of been there, done that, they know how to do the basic stuff. They're always looking for the next challenge. They're always looking for that next hill. By the way, when they get on top of that hill, um, you, you can't ask them to stick around and build a city and fortress on top of that hill. They're going to always be looking at the next hill. So so whatever your comfort zone is, and, and you need to hear this because I certainly talk about it in my keynotes and my coaching, and no growth ever comes from a place of comfort. No growth ever comes from you just hanging out in a lounge chair on top of that hill. The growth always comes from having conquered that hill, looking at the next one. So when I talk about these 15 forces and grit, A, really doing some introspection. And in the book, I hope to capture some exercises for this. It certainly is in our workshops. It certainly is in the, in the keynotes of, of really doing some introspection on what are you passionate about? I'm not talking about hobbies. Hobbies take up your time. Passion makes it. Passion gets you excited. Passion gets you out of bed. Passion drives drives every ounce of you at a cellular level to keep pursuing something. Now, again, I'm I'm working on some great research that says if you really believe that's something you're never going to get good at, it can't be blind passion. But if you're passionate about something and you believe you can build competency around it and you can learn and grow through that, that which you're passionate about, and by the way, there's a need in the market, somebody needs it, that they're willing and they're able to pay for it, there's your intersection. So if you find out what you're passionate about, and the second part is perseverance, right? Perseverance in, um, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And, and you're going to love this, right? So most of you know, this is, I think, book number, this is book number 11 for me. And, and I get uh, calls, emails, conversations with friends. Oh, I'd love to write a book someday. Well, guess what? There's a lot that goes into it, right? It's never a book. It's a journey and it's a ton of research and due diligence and interviews and you write and rewrite and you have editors and you have, you know, I have, I have 
you know, PhD candidates, grad student candidates that are doing social science research for me. And right, it's painstaking. And sometimes it's just painful. And it's easier for me to speak than it is to write. And so there's a lot that goes into it. And if it was easy, you would get even more people doing it. And it certainly become a lot easier than you know some 12 years ago when I when I wrote my first book. But the point is you you if if you're passionate about it, if you know your why, you'll persevere. Right. So if you find opportunities to apply to like a muscle memory, practice your grit, if you volunteer to solve harder problems, more challenging scenarios, tackle bigger upside, and they're all around us. I'm trying to tell you, most people belong, uh, join an association, industry association, and they show up. They show up to the monthly meetings. Why not volunteer for a committee? Well, I don't have time. You know what I hear when somebody says I don't have time? It's just not a priority. Because not just volunteering for that committee, what if you joined the board? Not just joining the board, what if you led the membership or sponsorship or that big annual event, right? People who step up, people who, a friend of mine, David Cowan says, level up, right? And, and take on those big challenges, big opportunities, it's amazing of the curve benders that come their way. And that is a consistent theme. You're, I'm telling you now, you're going to get tired of hearing me say this, of you want to meet people who are going to dramatically change your trajectory in the future of your work. You've got to find opportunities. You've got to put yourself in opportunities to meet where they are. And we'll talk about how to engage them and how to influence them. But the first one is you got to get an at-bat in baseball ter- terminology. You got you to gotta identify opportunities. You got to put yourself in those opportunities. You got to test and try new ideas. You've got to go after solving bigger challenges, bigger opportunities, because status quo is steady. And make no mistake about it. I'm trying to tell you steady is fantastic. Steady as she goes is beautiful. That's great. You're, I'm not convinced you're going to meet people that are going to dramatically change your life by just being steady. So what is that next challenge? What does that next opportunity look like? Visualization. Um, I, I was on a call with a senior executive earlier today who uh, she's challenged with her board doesn't understand her company's strategy. So we've been talking about this idea of strategy visualization, and, and she's got unbelievable data in the impact of the transformation that she wants to lead. But it's pages and pages of data. And guess what? The people she needs buy-in from, the people she needs support through, the people she needs to bolster her and come alongside her like rocket boosters attached to a shuttle are not reading pages and pages of data. And if they don't get it, they can't internalize it. And if they can't internalize it, they can't support it, the initiative, or her. So if you start to visualize, and again, this is a course I teach at Emory University in the Executive Ed Program. If you start to visualize, if you start to speak in that language, you start to break down communication barriers. You start to clarify your vision of here's where we're going. Here's how we're going to get there. It's not at all rosy. There's some challenges. There's some, make no mistake about it. There's some obstacles. There's some things that 
we're going to have to figure out as we go. I had another conversation with a CEO. I, I love, I genuinely love this guy. And, and what I love about him is, you know, he, he exudes, he genuinely lives that notion of don't confuse selling and delivery. He's like, you know what? I've got this vision. I'm going to go sell it. When somebody says, yep, I get it. I like it. I want it. I'm behind it. I'll figure out how to deliver it. Now, that can be dangerous in some ways, but you know what? He's thought about it. He may be making it up right now as he goes, but he's thought about it. Of When somebody says, yep, I need it. I want it. I like it. I want to move forward. Here's how I'm going to go deliver that value proposition that I've promised. And I don't believe he's a serial entrepreneur and very much that spark of new ideas, right? He's mature enough to not promise things he doesn't believe he can deliver, but he's not so busy building something, right? Until somebody says, yep, I like it and I want it. And that may not be your DNA. You may not agree with that approach. And that's your prerogative. I get it. But the point is, right? He's visualizing for people a vision, a mission, a direction of here's where we're going. Here's how we're going to get there. We don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out as we go. And by being that vulnerable by by sharing with people that I don't have all the answers, it's amazing the relationships, the potential relationships that can walk in your life. Um, uh, with one of the moms in our in our in our son's Boy Scout troop, I had a conversation uh, over a dinner, a group dinner that we're at, and she asked, well, "How's your business going?" And and I said, "What immediately came to my mind was what a mentor has driven into me, which is if you're not failing, you're not trying." And she said, that's interesting. Does that mean you're failing? I said, yeah, there's things that I've tried this past year and some have panned out beautifully, very proud, really excited about that stuff. And there's some that just didn't happen. And I had a supposition and I had a theory and I had, right, I made some assumptions and I went down this path and you know what? The market didn't like it, didn't get it. I didn't meet the right people. I didn't have the right team on the team, you know, people on the team. I didn't call on the right folks. We didn't quite articulate our value proposition, whatever it is. It just didn't work. But you know what? I learned and I'm applying that learning to the very next opportunity. And that's how you grow, right? So grit, visualization, storytelling. Make no mistake about it. In the future of work, storytelling, and I've got research that backs this up, is a new leadership competency. And if you want to engage and influence. If you want to find more curve benders, much more importantly, if you want to become a curve bender, you're going to have to elevate your ability, your skills, your knowledge, your behaviors, your ability to tell more succinct. There's value in brevity, right? And yet more compelling stories to engage, to influence, to bring people in the tent to have them not just believe you today, but believe in you as you execute, believe in you as you really take this journey forward. So those are just, and again, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the last podcast, continue to come back. We're going to you know, dive deeper in each of these uh, forces. And uh, starting, I think with the next episode or the one after that, I have guests that I'm going to interview. And we're going to start talking about the future of various industries, uh, the future of health, the future of manufacturing, the future of data. Um, one of the big proclamations uh, I'm making in this book is that data is the, is the real renewable energy. 
So we're going to talk a lot about um, access to data and, and insightful data and and the amount of data all of us generate on a regular basis and how will we use that data moving forward. But I would submit that curve benders, again, they're all around us. So first thing you have to do is really some introspection of what are you passionate about? Where can you build some real competency? And I'm talking about deep domain expertise in your particular area. How can you constantly learn and grow and put yourself in opportunities to learn and grow? And by the way, making sure that there's a real need in the market uh, and something they're willing to and they're able to pay for. That intersection is the holy grail. That intersection is what we're going to look for. And by putting yourself out there, by again, carrying a flag by putting a stake in the ground, use whatever analogy you want, that this is my direction. This is where I'm going. This is how I'm going to get there. I believe you're going to create opportunities. You're going to find opportunities to meet curve benders. In terms of how to become one, um, that's also uh, one that, again, I'm going to talk about three things. One is diversity of thought. So really putting your body of work out there, really creating, surrounding yourself with, with very diverse types of people, uh, and really creating healthy, respectful dialogue and pushbacks. I, I love people that have different opinions than I do and different views on something. And let's really talk through it because I, I want to know what is it that I'm not thinking of? What is it that I'm not seeing? What are my potential blind spots in this scenario? So diversity of thought, uh, diversity of relationships, diversity of revenue streams, revenue opportunities, growth opportunities, right? Those are all uh, examples of, uh, I believe, how you can likewise put yourself out there. And and the other thing I've learned in 20 years of being a student of business relationships, not everybody's going to get it. Not everybody's going to get you. Not everybody's going to get, like, want, or appreciate what you're trying to do. So. And there's been a lot written about this of finding your tribe, finding those like-minded individuals who, in my world, I'm just turned off by what I call innovation theater. I'm turned off by people who call um, the same business as usual as innovation because it's not. And we're kidding ourselves. And we put up these innovation initiatives that is run by a guy who's been there 37 years. That guy wouldn't know what innovation is if it was water and he fell out of a boat. Nice person, but completely the wrong person. And they're using this as a place for him to go, you know, work out his rest of his retirement. That's that's innovation theater, right? Those are not opportunities, I believe, to continue to learn and grow and challenge the status quo, right? So the diversity of thought, capabilities, revenue stream is one. Uh, diversity of relationships is a critical one, right? Attending, really engaging people that are very different than you. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, elevating your natural curiosity, elevating kind of the questions you ask. I've always said, if you want better better answers, ask better questions. And and showing up and asking, what do you do is passe. Showing up and asking, I've always hated showing up and asking, what keeps you at night? My response is heartburn. You got a solution for that? Right, because it's intellectually lazy, and you're not coming to the table with a point of view. So we're going to talk about uh, again the ten relationship impact moments with this future of work lens and those forces to really get interesting conversations going. So again, think of these 
Uh, I want to keep these uh, podcasts brief. I want to keep these poignant. I want to continue to push you to hopefully think differently about where we're going, what we're trying to do. Uh, So I wanted to, in this session, very briefly describe who Curvebenders, what Curvebenders are. They're really all all around us. uh, And I believe they're going to, you also, let me leave you with this nugget. I believe uh, you're going to find some within your company. Uh, I believe you're going to find some within your industry. And it's also critical to find people outside of your industry to really uh, give you a different perspective than you may have not thought about. So this is it for uh, this episode four on Curvebenders. Thank you for being here. Hope this has been useful to you. I hope you'll continue to come back. Uh, I'm going to record on the next one. I think we're going to start bringing guests in and really get their perspectives on where different industries are going. And we've got a lot of time to talk about the 15 different forces and really help you think about your own personal and professional growth journey. Uh, I'm creating templates. I'm creating tools. uh, I'm creating uh, all kinds of exercises for you to jump in and get a lot more proactive in really identifying this path and identifying this journey for yourself moving forward. Thanks for being here. Look forward to having you on the next episode. All the best. Take care, everybody. By the way, you want to learn more about any of our work? NOR Group. N-O-U-R-Group.com is the website. And I'd encourage you um, to continue to come back and check out our webinars, check out the blog posts, and of course, these podcasts. Thanks, everybody. All the best. Take care. Thank you.